Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Welcome to the Batters Box. My name is Dave Pudrelli, joined as always by Mike Liu. It's MLB Draft Day, recording this on a Sunday evening as the first round of the MLB Draft is taking place and Rob Manfred is getting booed, giving me shades of Gary Bettman over in the NHL. Love to see it. Love to see the MLB commissioner getting booed uh, down by the beautiful fans down there in Seattle, taking place at Lumen Field just across the street uh, from T-Mobile Park. We're going to talk Home Run Derby. We're going to talk All-Star Week. But let's start in the big leagues, Mike. Let, let's start with Alec Manoa because we've crapped on him before. We've said it'll be nice when he gets back. We didn't think he'd be back this fast. Makes the start uh, in the Blue Jays' 12-2 victory over the Detroit Tigers. His final line, six innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, and eight strikeouts. What did you like from Alec Manoa in that start? Honestly, the way... so. We can talk about how Detroit is a pretty easy opponent to uh, start start him off with. It's not exactly they're not exactly fielding uh, a major major league roster, but it was good to see him just back and pitching at uh, at a decent level. There were a couple pitches which I felt that he left a bit like it left hanging over the plate. There were a couple curves that um, the Tigers just swung right through, but in general he was finding his zone a lot better than he was when he went uh, before he went down, and I think. Um, again, you mentioned this on the previous episode, it'd be good to have him just get the confidence. Like, if he's going to have a bad start, he's going to have a bad start regardless. And for him to have a pretty, a very good start um, should help put some more confidence and be able to give him some give him some uh, positive feedback onto what's working for him, as well as good feedback to see, hey, uh, what part do I need to improve uh, improve on in the, in the near future? Because, I mean, yeah, like, good it was a great it was a great start numbers wise but there were there were a couple pitches where i think the tigers batters should have had they just didn't because they're just tigers they're not very good story of the tiger season right there should have had that one didn't have it <laughs> should have not very good i, w- I want to focus on this tweet from ricky romero a guy who alec manoa started to get a lot of comparisons to uh ricky <laughs> romero tweeted this out 
Five solid innings so far from Alec. Biggest thing I see is he notices when he's rushing his delivery and is able to fix it quick. Good to see the in-game adjustments, something we weren't seeing before. He's been in the zone, which is also helping his tempo. How much do we talk about pitch clock? How much do we talk about how... And I guess we haven't talked about this a ton, that MLB pitchers don't seem to fully understand how they can manipulate the pitch clock. Like, I think some batters are starting to get it, but I don't think the pitchers are fully understanding it. And I, I want to see more pitchers start to manipulate the pitch clock and, you know, start to take advantage of the fact that there's a pitch clock now. Because uh, I feel like all it's done for a lot of pitchers, Alec Manoa included, is make them rush. And when you're rushing, you're not going to have the best results. And I think that's something Alec Manoa maybe was told down in down in Florida when he was down there in the complex league because he came back and he, he was like Ricky pointed out he was starting to just kind of take a breather right like you were seeing that pitch clock run down a lot and I'd like to know how many times we saw that before his demotion uh, to the minor leagues I, I'd be really interested to see how often he was kind of doing that and how you know where he goes from here like like where do we see Alec Manoa go with his you know, tempo, I guess, because, because, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about came into camp overweight, all that sort of stuff. But how does the pitch clock affect Alec Manoa now, right? Like, what does it look like down the road here? And if this Friday start was any indication, I think it's looking pretty good. I think that was kind of a good reset for him. Again, it was the Tigers. Like you said, they missed a lot of barrels uh, on, on balls that they should have hit. Um, but it was a good start for Alec Manoa, and it's something to build on. Like 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 that double A start, it's something to build on. This is just another step and another thing for Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays to build on. Yeah, really, really, it, adjusting the pitch clock is tough. We've seen like the Cy Young winner and Corbin Burns struggle, struggling mightily with how abbreviated his motion has to be. And something that also stood out was just how his delivery looked a bit smoother. It looked more, I want to say more athletic. Um, if anything, it, it, it just felt that he was more fine tuned. And I mean, that's something that he didn't really have the chance. I feel like with how the pitch clock came in um, this season, he didn't really have a chance to adjust his mechanics, find something that worked because he didn't have that mental reset point, like in case something went wrong or he just needed a, a moment to just recompose himself. It looked more fluid and his entire, his body language, I might be reading into this a bit too much, but his body language looked significantly better. Um, obviously, it's really easy to look uh, look better when you're performing well, but credit to him for just staying pumped, getting more involved, getting emotionally engaged, and doing it in a way that reflected positively uh, on his game and his performance. It really showed, And but eyes will be on him to see if he can keep the, keep the momentum going. Okay, let's talk about the MLB draft. We're not going to touch on it too much. There's two picks that we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the number one pick, Paul Skeens, the right-handed pitcher out of Louisiana State University, who the Pittsburgh Pirates select, and I have already picked up in every keeper league that I'm in. <laughs> that is the pitcher that goes first overall in this draft, first player selected in this draft, Paul Skeens. This dude throws gas. He's already throwing over 100 miles per hour uh, at 21 years old. He's going to come to the big leagues this year, or excuse me, he's going to come to the MLB system for the Pirates this year, but I don't think he's going to pitch in the big leagues, despite what Bob Nightingale tweeted. I'm not sure if you saw that, Bob Nightingale, uh, shout out Nightingale, uh, love his tweets. He tweeted out, uh, 
<laughs> he tweeted out that the Pirates are planning to bring him over. Remains to be seen if he'll make his big league debut this year. And it's like, yeah, I don't think, don't think he'll so. make his big league debut in his draft year, especially when the draft takes place uh, at the halfway point of the MLB season. But you've got some stuff on Paul Skeens, you want to say? Well, yeah, absolutely. Starting starting off, he's an absolute giant, six foot six, uh, two hundred thirty five pounds. Pitcher, a right handed pitcher out of Louisiana State. Will cut came off a of college World Series championships. Um, congratulations! Uh, this guy is an absolute workhorse, and we can talk about pitchers throwing over a hundred miles per hour. We've we've seen more and more more and more in the MLB as of late. But rarely do you have a pitcher who can throw gas and throw as much as he does. And I think this was one thing that a lot of scouts, a lot of teams were concerned with with Paul Skeens is that uh, five out of his last six starts in the collegiate level, um, he threw over 100, 110 pitches. Like he during the College World Series, he ended up he pitched one twenty three. Uh, he pitched one hundred twenty three pitches in one game. Next game against Wake Forest, he pitched one hundred twenty. Uh, one hundred twenty. Like this guy is the epitome of consistency and can absolutely win your team games. The problem right now, I think, for most teams is that they would definitely have to load manage with him because if if his twenty one year old is throwing the way that he, uh, throwing the way that he is. Um, Throwing the way that he is, it's it, it, it's a lot of strain to be put on an arm. We've, we've seen uh, Perez getting sent down because he he's over his innings pitch limit and he's now back down into the minors where he's going to be monitored very closely. So what does a team do with a guy who's consistently throwing over 110 pitches per game? Uh, that being said, like this guy, he went uh, Skeens went 12 and two with a 1.69 ERA, struck out uh, had 209 strikeouts in just 122 and two thirds innings. Um, He's just it, it, the comparisons to Strasburg uh, are absolutely deserved with how dominant he's been at the collegiate level. NCAA D one baseball should not be should not be uh, overlooked as anything, and I don't think anybody does. But it, it, it is such an intense atmosphere and such an intense training atmosphere and gameplay. The fact that he's just performing, performing, and just being an, an elite, uh, an elite ace, elite ace workhorse. It's just incredible to see. Uh, what what is what's also interesting is that he's got a bit of Shohei Otani in him. Um, Skeens used to be one. He actually won uh, the uh, the John Olerud Award back in 2022 when he was at Air Force. He was the best two way player in college baseball. Uh, funnily enough, uh, this is something that I read off of MLB.com, but apparently a 15 year old Skeens was in attendance when Otani made his. Uh, made his debut as a pitcher in Los Angeles back in, on April uh, April eighth, twenty eighteen. Skeens was fifteen years old, um, so he's basically come up in that mold. And I mean, you can see why he wanted to be a two way player. Obviously, he's I think he's put the batting aside to focus on pitching. And oh my gosh, what a pitcher the Pirates get! Hopefully, it ends up being a better story for the Pirates than um, than Cole, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get my hopes up because it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. They always find a way to fuck shit up. <laughs> you brought up Otani. You brought up two-way players. The other guy we're going to talk about in this draft class, eighteen-year-old Bryce Eldridge, who is committed to Alabama. Six foot seven, two twenty-three bats left. Throws right. Remind you of anybody? Plays first base. <laughs> well, wow. also is a right-handed pitcher and is entering the draft as a two-way player now. 
we have seen two-way players go into the draft before, but anytime you see that, it's usually with the caveat of, yeah, this guy's really good at pitching and he's okay at hitting. And if he's going to make the big leagues, he's going to do it as a pitcher. Or vice versa, right? There's always a strength where MLB Pipeline and all the scouts and all that sort of stuff, they'll look at it and say, yeah, it's a great story, but when this guy goes in the minor leagues, he's going to be this, right? As he progresses through the minor leagues, he's going to be this. And the thing is, and we're actually, you know, I secured us a guest. I haven't even told you this. We're going to have Brandon Markland on the show here. Uh, I'm not sure no if you way. know that name, Mike. We are having Brandon Markland. Brandon Markland's going to be our first guest on the show. Uh, former Kansas City Royals pitching prospect from the lower mainland. Um, we're going to have him on the show. He's going to be great. He just uh, just represented Canada at the Pan Am Games. And there's a guy right there who, if you don't know Brandon Markland's story, you'll hear it on the episode. I'm really excited about it. But been through a lot of ups and downs with injuries. Uh, you know, he went undrafted, goes and plays independent ball, gets a contract from the Royals. Then he struggles with arm issues, and eventually he's released by the Royals. So he he's in a bit of a state of flux right now with his big with his career and his trip to the big leagues. But mm-hmm. look, like like I'm not gonna pump his tires too much. But he has he had really good stuff. Like like you watched videos of him, he had really good stuff. It was just that he couldn't stay healthy. He's healthy now. He's healthy, and we're gonna talk to him about what's next for him. Another thing we're gonna talk to him about is getting that perspective of what it's like to go through the minor league system and for a pitcher what it's like when you're struggling. Okay, because because the point that I'm trying to make here about Bryce Eldridge, Mike, is that at some point Bryce Eldridge is going to struggle at the plate or he's going to struggle on the mound. And at that point, it's going to be hard for whatever team that selects him. Again, we're recording this right now. Uh, The 11th pick was just made by the Angels and Eldridge ranked 23 by MLB pipeline is still on the board, so we don't know who he's going to next. Tell you what, Mariners have the 22nd pick. I'd like to see them take him so I can follow him closely, but what I'm trying to say is that when you struggle, it's going to be very tempting for teams to just say, you know what, this isn't working right now, but this is. Let's focus on this and let's get to the big leagues, right? And if you're Bryce Eldridge, what are you going to say? No. No, you're not going to say no. The thing that I want people to remember is... Bryce Eldridge, any of these other two-way players that come up, they are not Shohei Otani. They are not signing and negotiating with teams and saying, hey, if I'm coming to your team, I'm going to do both. Mike, I'm sure you remember this. When Otani came to the league, there was talk Mm -hmm. of... Well, he's a high school level hitter. That was an actual thing that was said about Shohei Otani. Oh, yeah. He, he's not going to be able to hit in the big leagues. He's just going to be a starting pitcher. He's just going to be another <laughs> Yu Darvish, guy who comes over from Japan, dominates, does well, because everybody thought he was a really good pitcher, but they were worried about the bat. Shohei has proved all of those people wrong, but Shohei also isn't an 18-year-old kid coming up through the minors, right? So that's, that's what I want people to remember is I, I think we're going to see more two-way players, more and more, because Shohei is kind of kind of blazing that trail, if you will. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys out there that are like, you know what, I could do this. Like, Paul Skeens, maybe five years ago, if he was five years older, said, you know what, I could do this. Like, Paul Skeens is 21. Bryce Eldridge is 18. 18, Bryce Eldridge said, yeah, I can do this. And he's entering the draft as a two-way player. Like, he's a first baseman and a right-handed pitcher. As far as I know, he's the only one slated to go in the first round in this year's draft. I'm just curious when we see... Um, the the either the switch to one position or how that's managed by whatever club drafts him because the thing I want to talk to Brandon about is like okay 
How much more work in the cage do hitters get when they're struggling? How much more work in the bullpen do you get when a pitcher is struggling, right? And if you're both, how do you prioritize that time? You're in the minor leagues. You don't have all the time in the world to, you know, okay, I'm going to go throw a bullpen and then I'm going to go get some work in the cage. Like you don't always, you're not always given that chance. A lot of development coaches will just say, you know what, let's focus on this, get some rest, come back strong tomorrow and let's focus on it again and let's figure this out. That's what's going to happen when this guy struggles. So couple things that I just threw at you there. Yes, Brandon Markland coming on the show. Very excited about that. I think he'll be on the next episode. Uh, but Bryce Eldridge, I'm really curious to follow his path to the big leagues. I'd really, I really want to see how he plays at Alabama because it, an SEC school will always be a very – I honestly think the SEC is one of the best conferences for college baseball just because it so closely resembles um, – an atmosphere for an MLB team just the way that they're treated the way that the the resources at their disposal like it's it's comparable to most farm system most uh triple a farm systems and I think like I have I I have a lot of time to see what what he does um with uh, with the Crimson Tide it I'm looking at his stats in Virginia and they just look absolutely absurd like I know it's at a high school I know it's at a high school level but it, this this is a guy who's sporting uh, who who's sporting elite numbers at both ends and I, I i get it i get the temptation is so easy to just be like oh like if whichever one he's better at that's what he's going to get to the big leagues big leagues with but it, it's just feels like such wasted potential to not explore having another two-way option and i think um i think that <sighs> I think that the states would really like to have their own comparison to Shohei Otani because it, it it it's it would be really really cool, and this is just from like a pure fantasy point of view. But imagine having Shohei Otani staring down the first American two-way player like that's hitting forty home runs a season, that's putting up a, a sub two ERA, striking out ten batters per game. Like this is it. It would make for such a good headline. That I want to see it happen so badly. Um, Eldridge has a lot of work. You. I gotta I don't be completely th- <laughs> honest with you. And sorry to cut you off, but like I gotta be yeah. completely honest. The more I think about this, the more that I think is just when you look at it from the team's perspective. I fully agree with you. It is a great story, and it is a great. It would be an awesome thing to see Shohei Otani staring down Bryce Eldridge. But from yeah. the team's perspective, <laughs> they and would not to some extent even the players' perspective. As soon as you struggle a little bit in the minors, some development coach is going to pipe up and say, hey, why don't we focus on this a little bit more? And at some point, it's going to become one. I, I just, I, I, I genuinely don't know if we're going to see another Otani come up through the draft. Because I think it's just, it's so hard to develop into a big leaguer to start with that you need to be, like, like if Bryce Eldridge was top rated, like if he was the number one prospect in this draft, I'd say, okay, maybe there's a shot. But the fact that he's going, you know, ranked 23 overall, we still don't know where he's going to get drafted. The fact that he's the 23rd ranked prospect, and I know part of that is because he's going to, because he's only in high school. I, I, I just don't know if this is the guy. And I'm not trying to crap on Bryce Eldridge. I'm just saying that it's going to be so hard and you need to be so special. Like you, you basically need to be Shohei Otani and arguably more than that in order to get the 
permission from your club and from your team. The commitment is the better word for it. The commitment from your club that they are going to full, be fully committed to allowing you to develop both. Because as soon, look, right. if, you, if you struggle with one and they think you're not able to reach your potential at the other because of it, I don't think they're going to wait to release you. I don't think they're going to wait to trade you. Right? Like, I, I think that's the reality of this situation. And, hey, I'd love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. But I I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know if it's just, I, I don't know if we're going to see it for a while. I really don't. It needs to be in the, from a position of leverage where they can negotiate for doing that. I think the challenge will be doing it at elite level, which is why I'm so curious to see how he does at Alabama. If he can show that at the NCAA level, like consistently be one of the best, if not the best pitcher, and one of the best, if not the best batter. And I, I don't really know what order that'll be in. It's just, it's just so unprecedented. And I, I don't think teams want to take the risk where they spend a high draft pick and it just entirely flames out on them. So they'd rather have one or the other to play it safe. Um, but that, again, it'd just be such a shame. And I think the biggest concern I would have is just how he stays healthy. Because this is an 18-year-old doing both sides both sides, and he's planning to do become a, be a two-way player throughout his career. How do you load? How do you manage your load? How do you manage your health throughout your college career, through your minor league career, to maybe even your big league career? Uh, that's something that teams will have to be aware of if they draft him and they want to develop him into a two-way player. Um, how does he stay healthy enough to be playing at high level? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we still don't even know who he's drafted by, so we'll continue this conversation for years, I'm sure. But let's get to our home run derby picks. We've talked about it for a few weeks. Home run derby goes tomorrow night. We have our picks. Uh, I'll let you pull yours up, and I'll just quickly yep. go over mine and, and who's facing who in the first round. Because in the last episode, we started talking about it, and then we are like, wait, there's only seven players here. We couldn't really figure out why. Uh, so I have it now. I have the actual matchups. The MLB has released it. This is what we're looking at. Luis Robert is the first seed facing eight seed Adley Rutschman. Both of us, I think, uh, picked Robert. Uh, mm-hmm. To move on through there, but we'll get to the picks themselves. But yeah, okay. First round: Adelis Garcia, Randy Arozarena versus, and then Mookie Betts versus Vladdy, Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. I have Julio moving through on Pete Alonso. What's your pick there? I also have Julio moving on against Pete Alonso. I like that. I like that. Both of us are just like, <laughs> yeah, this wow, guy man. who 
everybody thinks is going to be, you know, one of the best, you know, has a chance to tie the record for most hum- home run derby victories. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, we don't think he's going to win. Look, man, it's it's the hometown guy. It's J-Rod. It's the hometown guy. I like I like him uh, in that spot. Okay, Vladdy versus Mookie. I went with Vladdy. Oh, I, I went with Vladdy too. I don't think Mookie, Mookie's great, but Vladdy's Vladdy. I think he just starts pounding those home runs. Yeah, I, I like Mookie a lot, but Vladdy. Vladdy's the easy pick there. Uh, Randy <laughs> Rosarena versus Adelise Garcia. I went with Rosarena. So did I. <laughs> there you go. I think he, uh, I think Randy Randy just has a lot more power. Uh, that's just how I, uh, that's just how I feel. The thing is, is is you also have to consider that there's some guys that maybe don't have the highest home run total. For example, like Garcia has more home runs than Rosarena, but oh, there's also there's also guys that just do well in these home run derbies, right? Like, like Vladdy, for example. Vladdy doesn't have as many home runs as Mookie Betts, but both of us didn't hesitate to pick, pick Vladdy. And I think that <laughs> yep. take is going to get proven right on Monday night. Uh, and then Luis Robert versus Adley Rutschman. You picked Robert. I picked Robert as well. Okay, so our second right. round matchups look the same. Who'd you go with with uh, for Robert versus Rosarena? I picked the Rosarena. I don't know if that's what? a hot take. Nope, I also went with Rosarena. Like, like <laughs> Robert is the first seed. That's the thing that I want people to remember. Robert is the first seed, and we haven't seen this is his first home run derby, is it not? Um, I think so. I could be wrong. Hold on. So could be wrong, taking but... a bit of a chance there because we don't know how he is in home run derbies, but we're both very confident that it's going to be Randy. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in that one. But <laughs> both of us going Randy, uh, advancing to the final. Okay, I think this is where we have our first discrepancy between us. As I wear my Julio Rodriguez jersey while we record this, oh Julio versus you. Vladdy, uh, who moves on to the final? I picked Vladdy. See, I picked Julio. I, I, I just yeah, I think so. the atmosphere in T-Mobile, <laughs> a, along with the fact that he just came up short to Juan Soto, who went God mode last year. And look, I, I'm not forgetting that Vladdy also went God mode a few years ago. But yeah, I, I just think the hometown kid's going to get it done. I got Julio going on to the final, and eventually I have him winning the whole thing against Randy. Did you also pick Vladdy to beat Randy? <laughs> I picked Vladdy to beat Randy. <laughs> we have very similar outlooks, except we differ on the AL. So um, I, I think Vladdy is going to... Feel he's gonna feel the energy and feel the like he's just gonna be someone that's able to play spoiler. I think this is someone that wants to prove something right now. And I know the I know like the all star or like the home run, we we know the home run derby doesn't mean diddly squat when it comes to the regular season. But this is a guy who declared that the movie isn't finished a couple seasons ago, and we've seen the fucking movies taking quite a few plot twists this season and last season and this season. But Vladdy will come come out with a vengeance, and I think with how competitive it will be, with how the crowd uh, will add to the atmosphere, because God knows T-Mobile is just always buzzing. Um, yeah, no, I think that Vladdy will just feel feel win at his back, play spoiler. I think he takes that semifinal matchup and takes the momentum and wins the whole thing. All right, and the other thing, I think if there's going to be anybody that gets booed, in that whole whole home run derby, I think it's the Blue Jays player. The Mariners fans are annoyed that Blue oh, Jays true. fans always come down, right? Like, <laughs> like that's the thing that actually bothers Mariners fans now, and I I get it. Like, I completely get it. So I think I think Vladdy might get some booze. I think he might. And look, 
maybe he maybe he really goes into the villain role because of that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, but I'm going Julio. So we'll see. We're going to post these on our Twitter. Uh, finally get some engagement on that account, hopefully. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get them out there on Twitter. Uh, shorter episode today. We'll be back after the All-Star game. Uh, I think that's a good time to have the Brandon Marklin interview because we, there's not going to be too much to talk about about the actual league. I'm probably going to end up doing that interview alone because I have to do it on, like, the roadcast. Anyways, long story. But, oh, don't worry uh, about it. I'll have our interview with Brandon Marklin for the next episode. Shorter episode today. Uh, look forward to that with former Kansas City Royals pitching prospect Brandon Markland uh, coming out later this week. Mike, you got anything for the people before we close it out? Uh, just something quick about the Minnesota Twins continued, not the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota T's continue, continuing to be dog shit. Uh, they tweeted their social media account. <laughs> the social media uh, tweeted out on July 1st, is that why they're called the O's after holding the Orioles scoreless? Since then, they've gone 0-4 in games against the Orioles while being outscored 26-6 in those games. So, Minnesota sports just being Minnesota. Speaking of bad social media accounts, did you see the Orioles uh, when Felix Bautista got selected to the All-Star game? They tweeted out, there's a new Felix in town. Like, that was their graphic. Like, oh, as in Felix oh, Hernandez, the king, oh, right? No, they, they said, they said, no, 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 excuse me. They said there's a new king in town. They didn't just say that there's no, a new Felix in town. Stop they it. said there's a new king in town. That's such an L, Baltimore. What are you doing? I just don't know what possesses you to tweet that out. But hey, f- five straight wins. They just beat Fuck. the freaking Twins 15-2 to two today. Okay, so. but is it, a, is it hey. an achievement to beat the Twins? You know it's not. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> final thing on the Orioles. Jackson Holiday just got a promos- promotion to double A. He, no, he's got to go higher baseball. than that. Guy should be in triple A. Guy, guy should have skipped double A. I, I, at, at the very least, Jackson Holiday needs to skip double A and go to straight to the MLB. The Jorge Mateo experiment is not working. Um, no. Get, get this kid in the MLB. I, I don't care. I, I know he's young. I know he's only 19 years old. Get him in there. The kid can play. He's just absolutely mashing. He had his second 5-for-5 game in single A this year, uh, last week. Get him up there. Another guy, Heston Kierstad. Another guy in the Orioles system who is just (laughs) mashing uh, through the later half of the month of June into July. The Orioles just have so many prospects. Like That's a team that you look at them and it's like, they have to win a World Series at some point, right? Yep, they should. I mean, with every with the wealth that they've accumulated from being bad for so long, there's no way that they should not be anything except competitive right now. Yeah, or absolutely. in the future. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll close it out there. Uh, Bryce Eldridge still hasn't been drafted, so we'll know by Wednesday uh, where he goes. But interesting to follow the uh, path of Bryce Eldridge. But for now. We'll close it out. For my co-host, Mike Lou, my name's David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Batter's Box. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.